0: Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. So today I'm going to be carrying on our um, theme of the courage to live an extraordinary life. And we've been looking at this theme, uh, looking at um, a time in David's life where he was an outcast. And yet uh, during that time, uh, men from the surrounding areas uh, flocked to him. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But let me start by saying the courage to live an ordinary life comes from a faith that is connected to God. I mean, we're not just talking about courage because I'm braver than you or you braver than me. Because how are any of us really going to walk a victorious Christian life and live the kind of fulfilling life of purpose and passion that God has called us to? So faith is what enables us to live an extraordinary life. I'm sure if I asked you to put up your hand today and I said, who here wants to live an extraordinary life? Everyone's going to say, me absolutely right so one of the main reasons for people's failure to create a quality connection with God that lasts a lifetime is their unwillingness to disconnect and walk away from the allure of this world faith is what connects us to God the devil wants us to break that connection he wants to compromise that connection. He wants to distract us and undermine our faith. So going back to our story of David and these men who came to him, it's found in 1 Samuel 22 verse 1. And here we find about 400 men, um, the Bible records, you came to David and just when you thought, you know, listen, I'm in a tough spot. I've got King Saul coming after me with his warriors wouldn't it be great to have a tribe of merry men around me, guys who can really come in and support me, be there for me, pick me up when I'm down, you know, encourage me, you know, we can live together, laugh together. Uh, no. The guys who came to David, the Bible says we're distressed, indebted, and discontent. <laughs> How many of you like, you're looking for that bunch? Man, if I could only find some guys who are distressed, indebted, and discontent, life would be great. (laughs) So there's a moral in the story here for us, and for everyone listening. Because, to be honest, that describes most of the world today. Distressed, discontent, and indebted. So if these guys could turn it around, if these guys could rise up with David and overcome... Then there's hope for all of us as well. Amen? So, what's remarkable about the story is that only one chapter on it becomes very evident that there's been meaningful change. These same men who were the outcasts of society have gone on to become a mighty fighting force who defeated the Philistines in battle. What happened? what changed not just relocation but transformation not just relocation but transformation so they didn't just come from their surrounding towns and come to dave and dave was like come guys oh man you down shame man come have a cup of tea tell me about all your woes you know, and pat them on the back, and yes, I'm sorry you're having a tough time, my bro. (laughs) If If he had done that, they would have stayed as they were. David was interested in a process that brought about a change and a transformation. So what can we learn from this? Well, these guys left the towns and villages that they lived in, They left behind their past life, their past failures, to go out and find something better. They were willing to commit to a process of rebuilding their lives and their faith. Any meaningful change means we have to commit to a process. Change is not just an event. Change is... process. How did the meaningful change start with them? Well it started the same way with them as it will start for all of us. Meaningful change has to start with the hearts and minds. If you don't fully buy in with your heart and mind, if you don't fully believe if your faith is not connected and involved, it's going to fizzle out and it's not going to last. Let's contrast the change that these men went through with the first generation of Israelites who left Egypt. People have said that Moses could take the Israelites out of Egypt, but he couldn't take Egypt out of the Israelites. The problem is they stuck with many of their old belief systems. And as a result, the Bible tells us that whole generation perished in the wilderness. They never made it to the promised land. Why? There was relocation, but no transformation. And we need to recognize this trap. Many people go in church life from cell to cell, church to church, conference to conference, book to book, podcast to podcast, <laughs> but they are not changed. They take the old problems with them wherever they go. The key to change is committing to a radical process, a process that causes change. Now, I'm not talking just about temporary change. Some people change their minds more often than they change their underwear. (laughs) I'm talking about the kind of change that permanently affects how we see God, ourselves, the way we walk and the way we talk. I'm talking about the kind of inside-out transformation. And as disciples of Christ, we're looking to change more than just our outward appearance. So what powers the kind of lasting change, the kind of transformation that we are looking for, that clearly Jesus is looking for? Faith is the fuel that empowers true change. Why? Because faith connects us to God. The kind of change we're looking for can never be empowered by our own flesh. It's got to be empowered by something greater, by someone greater. It's got to be empowered by God. The life of God, the love of God, Faith is required because the change we long for is almost never seen or felt in the moment. It requires faith to see beyond our present difficulties and see the possibility of a better future. Faith and hope work together. And when hope finds itself in the middle of difficult or adverse circumstances hope says it doesn't have to be this way God's got something better in store then faith rises up and says I'm stepping out that future starts right now our logical brain says how faith always answers now reason always says yes but how Faith always answers because God is who he said that he is and he will do what he said he would do. The natural mind says, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith answers, I'll see it because I believe it. Now, Some people might say, ah, yes, but that's just a blind faith. You're just stumbling in the dark. But no, faith is not blind. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Amen. I'm going to tell you a little story. It's an old story I grew up hearing. <laughs> I didn't invent it. It's about a man who one day decides to get some fresh air and get out. And he goes walking in the forest. But as he's walking through the forest, he becomes a bit disorientated. The mist comes up. It's difficult to see where he's going and what's what. And... Before he realizes what's happening, he stumbled over the edge of a big cliff. But as he falls over the edge, he reaches out and he grabs the root of a tree. And he holds onto the root with his feet dangling in the air beneath him. And he shouts out, God, if you're out there, please help me. What do I do? And a voice comes out of the mists and says, My son let go he thinks about it for a moment he says is there anybody else out there (laughs) but as he's hanging on and he believes he can't hold on anymore the sun breaks through the mist clears and he sees that the ground was six inches beneath his feet the entire time you see it's all about perspective and if we're going to be connected to God, if we're going to live the life of faith, the life of godly hope that gives us a vision of our future that God has planned and purpose for us, we have to learn to see with God's perspective. So how do we get heaven's perspective? The first faith step is always to stop, listen, And then obey what God says. And to illustrate this point, I'd like to read from 1 Samuel 23 verse 1. Which is the very next chapter after these discontent, indebted and distressed men came to David, right? So, it reads in verse 1. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Calah and are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying... Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines and save Calah. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah, we are afraid. How much more then if we go to Calah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered him, Go down to Calah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kalah, fought the Philistines, carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kalah. So it sounds like a funny thing to say when you're talking about what is the first action that faith takes when I say stop. But many times (laughs) we're rushing ahead of God. We have to hear from God. <clears throat> we have to get God's vision and God's perspective. David could easily have just said, out of his own ego, "Ah, oh, well, look, I've got a bunch of guys, and yeah, we'll do it. Are we going to go save them?" But no, David stopped. He went to inquire of the Lord, "How much better, better off are we going to be if we regularly, in our lives, stop, pause?" take time out to seek God and to hear his voice. And did you see how God gave David a vision of what was about to happen? When we seek God and we inquire of him, God gives us an inner vision of his plans and his purposes for us, that inner assurance of what's going to take place. And that gave them the confidence that they need. The men came to David and said, listen, we weren't that great Back at home, and now you want to take us over there, you know. But what happened? Transformation. They got the vision that God had given David. David imparted that vision to them, and they were like, that's it, we're going. Many times I've heard people say, yes, but I asked God, and I didn't hear anything. So here are three pointers to hearing clearly. First one, ask in faith. Don't ask in doubt. (laughs) Don't ask looking for the easy way out. Ask in faith. And you might be sitting there or listening to this going, "Ah, well, that's kind of obvious. I mean, you know, preaching about faith. Uh, Well, it wasn't so obvious to the 12 disciples sitting in the boat in the middle of the storm in the middle of the night. Only one of them was like, Jesus, if that's you, call to me and I'm coming. And Jesus was like, Peter, it's me. And Peter's like, I'm leaving this boat right now. The other 11 was like, cool, let's see what happens. Because this... (laughs) So it's not always obvious. We've got to ask in faith. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, spoke about the illustration of a rocket on a launching pad and when we talk about asking in faith I want to say prepare the launching pad how many of you know for that rocket to launch out into outer space some preparation has got to happen beforehand they don't just get up ad hoc on the day and go hey anyone feel like launching a couple of astronauts out into space Yeah, yeah, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. (laughs) I don't think that would be very successful. But how many times do we just sort of con on in life? We just carry on. And then halfway through, we're like, hey God, would you get involved and help out? We've got to prepare the, the launching pad. Get rid of the clutter in our minds. Set aside the stress. We've got to remind God of His Word And remind ourselves of God's word. Get into his presence. That's how we start, by asking God in faith. Ask with intent. Ask with reverence. Ask earnestly. And above all, ask according to God's word. Because that pleases God. Second step to hearing clearly. After you've asked Wait in faith. Wait with expectation. Wait with anticipation. And be prepared. It took me many years of my life to learn how to wait in faith. Because I thought when I got out of my quiet time with the Lord that the waiting was over. Actually that's when, for most of us, most of the time, that's when the waiting begins. But you know what I discovered in my life? When I learned how to Continue in that place of expectation and anticipation. Funny thing happened. I began to hear from God a lot more. (laughs) And when God saw that I was earnest in my anticipation and I was prepared, I started hearing from God a lot more frequently and a lot more clearly. And this is what it took for me. I started saying to myself, when I came out of that time with the Lord... I'd be saying, I'm going to hear from God today. I can't wait to hear what he's going to tell me. Lord, I thank you that you are going to speak to me today. And whenever you choose to speak to me, Lord, I'm going to be ready. And wherever I was in my day, whether I was driving, standing in a line in the post office or of the supermarket, sitting in my desk, walking to fetch kids or whatever it is, I'd be like, Lord, I'm ready. And I found that out of the blue, a thought would come to me, And my spirit would just witness with it, be this thought to this idea, maybe the scripture would come to mind or God would plant an idea in my mind. I'd be like, yes, yes, thank you, Lord. That's you. Immediately, I'm not a pen and paper type of guy, but I take out my phone, do a quick voice note to record it, or maybe tap out, you know, the gist of it into a note. Wait in anticipation. Be expectant. God has got treasures that he's ready to give to you and I. But he wants to see that we're ready to wait in faith. Third and last point for today. When God speaks, step out in faith. When God spoke to David and he said, Go! I've given the Philistines into your hand. That wasn't the time for David to say, well, we're just going to remain here in this place of waiting, do a bit more training, get rested, get some sleep, maybe have a braai. When it's go time, it's go time. Take action. Step out in faith. And always weigh your actions against God's word. Sometimes Jan and I over the years, we've counseled people and they come to us in a place of crisis. And they're super busy running here, running there, doing all sorts of things to solve their problems. But as we look in from an outside perspective, we can see that there's no peace in any of the busyness. There's a lot of activity, but very little forward motion. we have got to learn to be obedient to what God says. Always as we go, check your peace. If as you go and in your activity, you begin to get that itchy, scratchy feeling inside, you begin to lose your peace, stop, step back, get back into that place of seeking God. That would also be a great time to get some godly counsel and stay accountable. There's something better, and this is going to sound funny because I'm standing here sharing a word with you, but there's one thing better than just hearing a great teaching. And that's actually walking with brothers and sisters in Christ who love you and know you and will continue to stand with you and walk with you and be there for you on your journey. And don't get me wrong, as you know, I'm all for teaching and preaching of the word, but we've got to walk out our faith. And the Bible says that we should do that together with each other. Amen. Be accountable. It's easier to make small changes frequently than big changes suddenly. (laughs) Most plans will benefit from wise counsel. Most plans will need to be refreshed. Refreshed. And sharpened. So as we stay accountable to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're getting wise counsel. And we're weighing it up and we're praying about it. It helps us to stay on track. God often reveals his plans for us gradually. As we follow him. One day at a time. All of us would however love for God to reveal everything to us. All at once. And then we know exactly how it ends. But I don't know anyone in the Bible where God did that for them. You know. Think about all the men and women in the Bible who had to follow God. They went on a faith journey. They had to get up and be faithful today to do what God had told them to do. And wait on God to reveal to them the next step. So let's stand together and we're going to pray as we end. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend.